Carnation Evaporated Milk presents a star, Barry Sullivan, on Stars Over Hollywood. To me, being out of work and broke was unbelievable, but it happened. And the piece of paper I picked up off the sidewalk that night was just as unbelievable. Did you ever find a $100 bill? From Hollywood, California, where the world's favorite stars live and work, the world's favorite evaporated milk brings you transcribed stars over Hollywood. Each week, Carnation presents another famous name for motion pictures, television, and radio. Such distinguished performers as Jane Wyman, Lionel Barrymore, Audrey Totter. Today's star, Barry Sullivan, may currently be seen in the Lindsley Parsons production, Loophole. Today's story, The Hundred Dollar Bill, is brought to you from Hollywood by Carnation. The milk from contented cows. Stars Over Hollywood broke one of radio's strongest prejudices. That Saturday daytime was a programming wasteland. When Paul Pierce, CBS production superintendent on the West Coast, announced plans to launch a star-packed dramatic series on Saturday mornings, few observers gave it a chance. Getting movie stars to cooperate at 9.30 a.m. would be impossible, and no one would listen anyway. Concentrated to more than double richness. The stories were generally light comedies. The set was loose and informal. The dress code casual. Occasionally the stars even arrived in bathrobes and pajamas. Ivan Dittmar's musical director used three instruments, the organ, the harp, and the violin, and sounded more like a small combo than a one-man show. Stars Over Hollywood ran for 13 years in the same time slot, with only two changes in sponsor. This season had a rating of 5.5, first overall for daytime weekend programs. On February 27, 1954, Barry Sullivan guest starred in The Hundred Dollar Bill. Barry Sullivan in the role of Bob Randall. Curtain going up. Have you ever been fired? Fired from a job you thought would last as long as you wanted it to last? I thought my job with Acme Chemical was like that, too. Yeah, but I'm getting ahead of my story. My name is Bob Randall. I live in the little suburban town of Winston. My wife, Julie, and I have a comfortable seven-room house surrounded by a white picket fence. There's a nice green lawn in front and a large backyard. Friendly neighbors, a good life. Not exciting, maybe, but a good life. I'd usually get home every afternoon a little after five. You promised to spray last Sunday, remember? Wrong number, Guinevere. This is the horseradish man. I also have a nice line of fish glue, sand and gravel, calf's foot jelly, and... I just say you've got a nice line, period. How are you, darling? Hmm. <laughs> How's everything, Julie? Mm, fine. You look tired. Hard day today? Oh, medium rare, which brings up an interesting and moody question. What's for dinner? I'm starved. Everything you dislike the most. French onion soup, spaghetti with meatballs, mm. and English muffins. Ah, a typical American dinner. <laughs> hey, shall I put the car away? No, leave it out, dear. We might take in a movie after a while. Good. I understand there's a brand new picture at the Bijou starring Theda Barra and Ben Turpin. Well, it was like that. Laughter, understanding, love, a happy life. And then, as the expression goes, the blow fell. Ray Dawson, the vice president in charge of production, called me into his office. 
He told me that Acme was selling out to Standard Chemical, and of course, they'd be bringing in their own people. Although Dawson tried to make it easy, it was like a stiff, unexpected punch in the stomach knocked the wind out of me. We parted with the usual cliches used under the circumstances. Cleaned out my desk and went home. Matthew, Bob? Yeah, Julie. How come no beep to dee dee beep beep today? Uh, I'm not exactly in the mood. What'd you say, dear? I couldn't hear you. Come on out in the kitchen. I'm putting the finishing touches on a chicken pie. Well, don't you have a kiss for the little woman who bears your name? Of course. <laughs> What's the matter, Bob? Aren't you feeling well? I'm all right. Well, you're certainly not yourself. What's the trouble, dear? And Julia, I may as well let you have it. Brace yourself. I got fired today. Fired? Yeah. But you've been with Acme Chemical for eight years. Yes, Dawson mentioned that while he was giving me the sack. Oh, he was considerate and really very nice, but it still remains I got bounced, fired. But why? I know you've done a good, conscientious job. Everyone likes you at the plant, and the way you Dawson work... Dawson mentioned all those things, too. It's no fault of mine, and it isn't the fault of the firm, either. Acme sold out to Standard, and that's that. If it's any consolation, I wasn't the only one that got canned. There were ten others. Oh, darling, don't you think you're taking this a bit too seriously? After all, you're a rather bright child. You mm. shouldn't have too much trouble getting another job. I don't know, Julie, let's face it. Universities all over the country are turning out hundreds of industrial chemists. And don't forget, I've been specializing on one product for the past eight years. That's not good, baby. Oh, don't be silly. You're tired right now. You'll feel better after dinner. Uh, guess you're right. We'll talk it over after dinner. After all, it's not the end of the world. We talked it over many dinners after that. I did everything I could to get work. Every morning I went into town, and every night I came home with the same report. No job. Oh, there were a number of leads, and some of them promising, and lots of promises that led nowhere. Went on for weeks and weeks. By this time, my severance pay was gone, and we began to dig into our savings. Had a cup of coffee, dear? Yes, please. Now, Julie... Julie, I've been thinking. Here I've been breaking my neck trying to get work as an industrial chemist. But there are other jobs I could get. Mm, I saw an ad in the paper last week. The circus is looking for a man who's willing to be shot out of a cannon twice a day. No, I'm serious. Perhaps I could get a job as a salesman. Oh, Bob, you're not cut out to be a salesman. Look, darling, you're an industrial chemist and a darn good one. I know it's been discouraging, but you'll find something. You just have to have patience. My patience is wearing pretty thin, Julie, and so is our bank balance. Mm, don't worry, darling. We'll, we'll muddle through somehow. Julie, darling, you're swell, but I'm worried, and I know you are, too. I'm not. Bob, you're actually getting panicky, and, and that's bad, darling. Don't you realize that? I realize that we're in a jam. We have payments to make on the house, the car, the freezer. My insurance is due on the 18th, and there's the... Listen, dear, I've written a few letters, made some personal calls, and done a bit of phoning. Uh, what do you mean? Well, I saw Mr. Sutliff at the bank and explained the situation, and he was very, very cooperative. Until we get back on our feet, he'll be satisfied if we just pay the interest on our loan. Really? And I was able to get extensions on our payments for the freezer and the car. And Gus at the service station told me not to worry about gas and oil. Oh, honey, everyone was so understanding and, and seemed to feel a personal concern. They all... Well, of course, they know we're not deadbeats. Well, so now you don't have any real pressure on you, and you can just stop worrying so much, right? Julie... Julie, I don't know what to say, except I think you're wonderful. But the pressure was on just the same. You know, being out of work for a long period of time had always been one of those remote, unbelievable things that might happen to someone else, but not to me. But it was happening. Meeting neighbors and friends, it wasn't easy. I was wearing a fixed smile most of the time and making with wisecracks about being a gentleman of leisure. It was pretty corny, not very convincing. 
Then one day I ran into Dr. Crawford coming out of the bank. Well, Bob, how are you? Hello, Doc. I haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> That's right. Congratulations, my boy. Uh, congratulations? Well, the great news, isn't it? I know how long you and Julie have been wanting a baby. Uh, a baby? Now, son, you don't have a thing to worry about. Julie is in excellent condition. She shouldn't a... have a bit of trouble. Ah, there's my wife. My impatient wife, I should say. I'll be seeing you, Bob. Now, congratulations again and good luck. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Doc. 